You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast with Sinan Schwarting and Khan Bayazid. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 90 of Besiktas International's The Black Eagles Podcast. We are back. Uh, a long break. Uh, of course, dark times for Besiktas and all around, I suppose. But uh, yeah, we are back. And, and hopefully we're going to get things back on schedule here. Start getting our episodes more regularly out there for you guys. But Meanwhile, I do have, I, first of all, I am Sinan Schwarting, coming live from New York City, as always. And I do have a co-host with me here today, and it is Evran Akman, or The Akman, as Khan likes to call him. How you doing? Doing all right. It's very tough about our wonderful team that is Bishop Pesh. Easy. Yeah, and I don't sense any sarcasm in that, in that, uh statement of yours I, I feel like that was very genuine yeah i think this might be the best team we've ever seen hard to argue that yeah. <laughs> uh really like how could you be unhappy with it everything is going smoothly we have no problems to report uh no of course that's not the truth although i think we are going to probably kind of end this on a hopefully more positive note on the flip side but uh yeah, let's let's dig in a little bit. So we have three matches to report. We've been gone for like two and a half weeks. Uh, but so where we left off last, I believe, was a sort of unsatisfactory one-to-one draw against Bashakshi here. Uh, and we, I think, hoped but worried that Trabzonspor might be a, a mountain too tough to climb. Uh, and then, of course, after that, we would have Wolverhampton Wolves. Is that what they're called? The Wolverhampton Wolves? Uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Wanderers, yeah, yeah. sorry. Are, they go, but Wolves they're called for the short. Wolves? Yeah, it was Wolverhampton. So they go Come on, like Wanderers and Wolves? Make up your <laughs> mind, guys. Uh, please. Just for the sake of clarity here. Uh, and then, finally, uh, we didn't even kind of consider the, the ramifications of this, but we would come up against Alanya Spor. Uh, and, and obviously we would all hope for that to be better, uh, or a kind of redemption song of sorts. But anyway, let's uh, let's talk about Trabzonspor briefly. Yeah. Um, Evron, if you will, kind of quickly, what were your thoughts going into the Trabzon match? Do you recall? Um, it was a while ago. I think it was uh, wasn't the most positive but uh <laughs> i was you know we, we just tied by shocks here so i was just you know maybe hoping we could potentially get a tie win kind of thing you know maybe show some improvement um Trabzon wasn't having the greatest season up to that point either they were they also had just lost the previous league game 
and they lost midweek Europa League. That I don't think they won for like five games before that. So you know, they also had missing players. This is probably our chance to, you know, get a win versus Trabzon, on who's probably a better team than us this year somehow. So that was my thoughts. Yeah, and uh, spoiler alert: we're gonna kind of breeze through these first two matches, uh, this and the Wolves match, for the sake of brevity. There's too many matches to cover, and one episode and we don't want to keep you guys here for three hours uh that's not the typical format for a podcast (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if you guys want like uh sort of uh studio essays or something like we could create a new format for this but uh on the other hand maybe not because another reason for cutting these two matches short was that they were sort of not very positive things and so i'll just cut right to it uh first of all our lineup uh, for the trabzon sport match had Karius on the goal, Nejip Uysal and Domingos Vida on the back line as the two central defenders with Gokhan Guno on the right side and Jane Erkin on the left side of the defense. Dorokan Tokos would Tokos would start in the defensive midfielder sort of slot alongside Atiba Hutchinson with Ozan, the, I guess, attacking midfielder of sorts. Although, really, I think it was kind of a three central midfielder line of Eh, I don't know. Uh, on the right side of the mid, uh, of the offense was Tyler Boyd and Nkudu on the left with Burak Yilmaz uh, fully back, uh, put inserted into the lineup. Um, how'd you feel about that lineup? Um, I mean, I feel like I was happy to see Usman get a chance in the 11. I think we were kind of calling to see maybe Tyler Boyd get a chance. Yeah. So I think overall, other than Nejip, I don't want him to play just because he had a good game last game. And I think we all know who Nejip is. Just because he has one good game doesn't mean he's a good player. He's, he's yeah. clearly not. <laughs> he's like 28. Yeah. Not going to improve out of nowhere. So. And uh, in case anyone had any doubts, he would definitely be responsible for a few of our misfortunes in this draft. Yeah, he definitely had a not was not as good as he was the previous game against Bashakshi. Yeah, to put it mildly, or or you could say he was sort of back to his back to his yeah, typical Najipian form. Um, yeah, in the thirty-first minute, things would be. Uh, I'm just gonna cut right to the goals, I guess. Thirty-first minute, thirty-first minute, things would not go well for Besiktas and Durakan would score on his own team, on our own team. Uh, Flicked in a Sosa a, free kick, yeah. Yeah, ba- uh, header. You know, it's one of those things where it's like really kind of no one's fault. Uh, very mis... mis- uh, unfortunate. It was a great misfortune. It was a very unfortunate, yeah. Of the utmost um, misfortune. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Well, thank you. That was very Shakespearean. Nice. Um, but so, yeah, unfortunate, unfair, although I think Trabzon probably looked the more dangerous of the two sides, uh, as I recall. It was a while ago, huh? Uh, and yeah. to follow it up, by the way, I, I'm not going to go through all of the cards in this match because there were like eight for Besiktas, but two minutes after scoring against Besiktas, Durkan got himself a yellow card. So, you know, hoop, hoop, hooray. Yeah. My man is good, having a good, good day A good couple minutes here. right there. Yeah. Uh, and then in the 42nd minute, Sosa would score uh, with an assist from Parmak. Yeah, it was a deflected Parmak. long shot. So Sosa was getting the uh, 
Yeah, I'm surprised the they gave him the credit because uh, it was a clear deflection goal. But I guess he, he I guess they decided it was goalward bound uh, before the deflection. But yeah, it bumped off Nejip's head. Um, this was much more Nejip's fault than Dorakan's was, I thought, because Dorakan like tried and just uh, directed it kind of like almost in the yeah. one place at the goal where I couldn't go. In this case, Nejip kind of just like smashed his head on it. Yeah, he tried to block even, his head. And... Right, he could have probably gotten his chest to it if he jumped into it. He probably or could have gotten more it. on it in general it or just left it. Yeah. Uh, but so instead, he kind of just like let it smash off his head and into goal. Yeah, wrong. Uh, and like he didn't scares. direct it. He he didn't move his head. It, he just like retained it kind of. So it didn't didn't even move much. Just enough to sort of displace Karius and go into the goal. Uh, and that's how it would end at the half with Trabzon up 2 to nil at home. So things are not looking good. Um, Diaby would come in for Boyd. And that wouldn't really do much for us. Uh, still in the 64th minute, Sorlaf scored and on perhaps Trabzon's first, like, legit goal. Nwaka <laughs> Eme uh, with a nice assist. Yeah, it was ruled out. I think it was um, Noah came across it to Sorloth. The referee called offside, and the VAR showed that it wasn't offside. It wasn't. Yeah, it was yeah. well timed. Uh, so not yeah, not the greatest marking on. on not that the one. greatest marking, uh, and I so I mentioned right, that Diaby came in for Boyd at the half. Um, in the 67th minute, Guven Yalchin would come into the match for Domingos Vida. <laughs> so we're down three 0 Obviously. You know, the, all plans out the window. They're going forward. Still, not like the most thoughtful substitution, perhaps, but uh, interesting. Uh, and then, actually, Guven Yelchin would score in the 79th minute. Uh, an assist from John Erkin. He just kind of got the ball in a good position and made pretty good contact on it. To be honest, it was kind of mid-level, so he had to hit it on the volley and. It was like right in front of him, you know, kind of a tough. yeah, kind of like for the corner for like someone for the header went over their head and it just kind of bounced off the floor into his thighs, kind of just sat up for him. Yeah, but you know, it's one of those ones where you could easily sky. So he <laughs> yeah. did fairly well. It, it, what, I think we all know Guven can shoot a ball. It's just he's had a lot of and issues he, getting into shooting position. Exactly, <laughs> like exactly. A lot the ball of had issues. to literally bounce to him out of luck in order yeah. for him to even get into that position, but. um but even still, Trabzon would not be done. Uh, in the 88th minute, uh, Nwakeme would score. To cap off, was actually a really good game for him. You can't deny. He played very well. I'm, I'm a Nwakeme fan. I, I, if he were, I think he's a little too old to, to qualify as a Besiktas, you know, grab. But he's, he's been very effective whenever I've seen him play. Uh, but yeah, he scored. Um, Umuchakir gave him the assist. Uh, Sturridge would come on in the 89th minute and almost score from like midfield. Do you remember that? He took a shot like off the off a free kick or something from like just past midway point. I don't I don't remember that to be honest. And it rocketed off the post. So he uh, he went for it. Not much just to be said for his performance though. Uh, that's how it would end. Four to one, Trab zone. Uh, Grim, very grim stuff. Bezik Tash, at this point, was near the bottom of the table. 
you recall where they were at the end of that um, after that like they were i think they were above the relegation zone but like yeah they were within two points of us exactly uh and to be fair like they had still they were still on like five points out of like a european spot yeah. too and they did uh, they won the, the next game also so now they're back in the top four yeah yeah we'll get there we'll get there it's, but, uh, I'm, I'm, it's a spoiler for Trabzon, not for us. But yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean Trabzon? Okay, yeah. Trabzon won. That's why. Yeah, say, Trabzon's yeah. probably doing pretty well right now. Uh, but we'll talk about the table uh, after we talk about the Alanya score match. Uh, but so yeah, that's how things would look going into the midweek match against an English Premier League side. Um, so yeah, who was also actually so struggling in their own league prior. Yeah, that. they okay, had won yeah, their sure. um, they won their first league game, I believe, of the season right before they played us, and it was against nice. you know, the worst team in the Premier League, Watford, who has zero wins all season. Awesome. So they they weren't exactly uh, killing it themselves. They were at yeah, you know, right. Uh, and and I think that would be reflected through most of the match. Uh, but yeah. so Besiktas would throw out Loris Karius with. Domagosvida and Nejip Uysal. Again, Nejip. Uh, Retains his spot. There. But this time, uh, Douglas... Douglas. Douglas. Let's just call him what he... I always try to, like, Brazilianify. Brazilian of Portuguese. Douglas. <laughs> his name, Douglas. Oh, yeah, just Doug. Douglas. Dougie uh, started on the right <laughs> side with Rebocho on the left. Rebocho. Uh, Rebocho. As Khan would would have said, um, Khan, shout out to Khan wherever you are. Uh, on the in the midfield, now this again we went with the three man kind of line, so with a kind of classic four three three, which uh, I'm not I'm not fond of. Certainly not performance wise. Anyhow, how it's come out on the pitch, but yeah, this time in that in that midfield you'd have El Neni would be back, of course, for the Europa League playing in the, in the center with uh, Dorakan to his right and Adem Ljajic to his left. So interesting. Uh, Adem playing as a central midfielder on the left side. Uh, Guven Yalcin would, of course, play up front because he scored a goal, and that's just like the most Turkish manager thing in the world to do. No matter what their form is, this man scored. Get him in there. Uh, Burak was also out, so... Yeah, Someone yeah, had to yeah, play yeah. up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, this is an Umut Nair podcast. No, I'm kidding. He's been terrible lately, too. Uh, Jermaine Lenz started on the right side. And uh, we'll talk about it, but he, he played fairly well, actually. Uh, and then Janer Erkin would play on the left side uh, in the midfield. So not as a defensive player. And that's why, I guess, Robosho got the start. But, uh, yeah... I gotta say, so this match looked destined to be a nil-nil draw most of the way through. I guess before I even talk about that, uh, sorry, everyone, anything to say about that lineup? Lineup news was that uh, originally um, Onkudu was supposed to start. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he got, he got hurt in warm-ups, and then Diaby could not play because he was sick from the night before he picked up something. So we lost a couple, uh, you know... Two of our new transfers last second, and then instead we saw Lenz and John Air. Yeah, and also of note is that Tyler Boyd was going to be completely left out of the squad. Yeah, then got added. They had to the bring bench. him in late, last minute. Went from the stands uh, to the bench because he was hurt. And so even so, he was there, and despite that, 
well, let's talk about it. Um, let's talk about this match a little bit, shall we? Uh, so, yeah. this match was, by and large, I'm going to just say uneventful. Uh, but Besiktas, I'm also going to say, and this is perhaps more of a hot take, kind of the dominant side for the first, like, 80 minutes, maybe I wouldn't say it's a hot take. I mean, overall, Besiktas had 62% possession. I mean, and like, but not, not just empty all possession, good possession, right? but yeah, but not as empty as like in previous uh, matches. We've seen worse. Yeah, I think we exactly. got used to really bad. So seeing something that wasn't awful, you know. <laughs> yeah, and so you know, our, my criticism of, of Guven being selected aside. Excuse me, I need a little sip of water, a little hydration there on camera. I think if you look at just like the general. Stats, which obviously stats don't matter. Bishtash attempted 20 dribbles and succeeded 12. Wolves only attempted 8 and succeeded 2. I mean, those don't mean goals, but just like the general um, yeah, was dominant and, and possession. Bishtash would have looked the more, um, you know, Wolves had their, their back five going on. They wanted to, you know, absorb pressure and then counter. It felt like it too. And, and I will say that for much of the, uh, the Bratislava game too, in the beginning, Bishtash looked like they were the better side and kind of looked like they were about to find their feet. I don't know if you recall, but the uh, the Bratislava match at halftime, Besiktas was up two to one, um, and so like both of these matches we've watched through BR Live, uh, Evron and I, yeah. and so we've we've gotten to sort of hear uh, a British take on Besiktas, and both times the 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 the, the, the British answer seems very positive about Besiktas convinced that they're bound to win they're playing so much better <laughs> and it's like ah you must be new my friend you have no yeah. idea what's coming um but so yeah again the the the, the announcer was very complimentary of Bejtash for much of the match seemed perplexed that Bejtash had not managed to score and take over this match although again like if you knew Bejtash of late this would not be so perplexing uh but yeah Guben Yalchin would come out of the match in the 27th minute because of an injury to his um uh upper buttocks slash lower back he actually decided to show everyone in the world what his uh his midriff looked like but um what his butt <laughs> yeah he mooned he, he, he mooned he, he mooned, mooned, the the, mooned the camera <laughs> he waited for a european match so he get maximum camera yeah uh, exposure and he mooned he mooned as many people as possible yeah. uh, talk about that uh i i expected to see um a number of people who had his mooning the world as their like profile pic on Twitter, and I wasn't disappointed. There were quite a few. <laughs> so shout outs to uh, the brilliant minds of Twitter, or not? You know, I don't know how you take that. Um, but yeah, again, still not much action. Uh, in fact, maybe even less so. Umut Nair, I was gonna say Mehmet Umut, but come on. Uh, Umut Nair is not active. He's a very static presence up front. And so things maybe slowed down a little, but still, Besiktas looked the, the dominant side. Um, Dorakan got himself a yellow card, but that was it, really, as far as action. Yeah, and things would heat up. up. Hitting the post in the, at the end of the first half off like a deflected corner. Not really sure who hit, but That's it right, wasn't yeah, really. Yeah, we had, we had a little 10-minute period before the half where Besiktas looked like he had a play. But, um... That didn't yeah, return for the yeah. second half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and so the one noteworthy event uh, before the half starts is that Adama Traore enters the game at halftime. Yeah. And he would go on to, like, own 
Besiktas uh, pretty thoroughly. Uh, and it doesn't help that Robosh is getting his like second match with Besiktas, and he's getting particularly owned. And you know, anyway, t- tough, tough call for, for for everyone there. But yeah, it didn't look good. Adama Traoré was super fast. Just yeah, he's, a, he's definitely like a, a gym lad. Is that that shirt wasn't? It's not like, I don't think he had a shirt that was a size small. He's just he's just that. He just filled it out. Yeah. yeah, his his biceps are bigger than most people's legs. I'm exaggerating yeah. a little bit, but at the same time, like, not like, really. I'm not exaggerating. Like, <laughs> and that he, guy um, was gigantic. He was he's like, not the uh, most creative player, but he's got really good ball control. And he, you know, when he's moving at top speed, the ball stays pretty close to his feet, not messy level, but you know, close yeah, enough yeah. that he can breeze by. I would have. I wouldn't mind bringing him to Bershington. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's better than like any of the three wings we brought in. Um, no, but he, yeah, he looks really good. And uh, pretty much just just made us look like amateurs <laughs> for, for the rest of the half. And like I remember that picture of uh, Germain Lenz from preseason where he looked super cut because he was like yeah. flexing his leg. Like Triori's whole Adama's whole body looked like that. <laughs> like yeah. he was he was like swole. Yeah, was, <laughs> he, he yeah, could he didn't easily pass as a running back. That's basically what yeah. we're saying. <laughs> yeah, or like snap one of our players in half. Honestly. <laughs> yeah, like uh, Dorakan, one of our sort of skinnier guy uh but yeah speaking of Dorkan, in the 79th minute he would leave the match for ozan Dorkan had i think one of his better matches certainly of this season uh, yeah i he, think you could say maybe he's a little more motivated to play considering it was against a premier league team and if we're yeah. being honest if he does move on a team like wolves that type of level might be the yeah, sort of side he would join yeah. like a mid-tape so saying- top five league so you're saying it's sort of a smart... Yeah, it was a little bit of a tryout for him. Smart little way of uh, showing out for a team that's uh, you know, interesting. Um, in the 79th minute, Cutrone would come in for Raul Jimenez. Uh, the Mexican national team striker would leave the game. But Cutrone would be super effective. Seemed like he probably should have played <laughs> the whole match instead of Jimenez. But whatever, that's none of our business. Uh, Gokan Gonul would come into the match in the 84th minute for Jermaine Lenz, who I think was probably our man of the match to that point. So that was uh, interesting. And it would definitely signal a kind of decision to play more defensively and sit back, which I have to say, it was. I said that Besiktas was pretty much dumb inside for 85 minutes and just the 85th minute where Lenz came out, it was the 84th minute, sorry. Yeah, we subbed on another fullback. I and guess we brought in a defensive player, exactly. Four, four fullbacks is, you know, the uh, the ideal way to play the game, apparently. That's how you gotta go. Yeah. yeah so, and what, what everyone means is that we had John Air on the on the, other, the left wings and now Gokhan Gunnul on the right, yeah. With Douglas yeah, John Air, Roboco. And Roboco. yeah. Robosho. Uh, but yeah, uh, and so sure enough, in the third minute of extra time, yeah, Willy Boley, whose name is kind of endearing, you can't back. say it and then be, you can't back, be mad. Uh, but yeah, sure enough, he would put it away and Besiktas would lose. Pretty much yeah, which was a pretty minute. ridiculous goal to concede. Basically, the I think it was a corner or something got cleared out, and um, which was well, was really only good chance of the game, which is ninety plus three. Not that I'm mad about it, uh, <laughs> still to this day. But um, Nejip decided that his center back was no longer his position. So as everyone stepped up, like the defense, all three of them moved in tandem. 
mm-hmm. and then Nedjip just decided to step five yards even past that. So there was a gaping hole where the center back should be. Yeah. Neves just clipped the ball into the center back and he kind of like poked it past Karius with no pressure. It was like you would think with one minute to go as a center back, you would say, maybe I should defend still. Nedjip said, um, I'm a CDM now. I play in midfield, so I'm going to step up. Yeah. Mid- His brain lapsed. I, for yeah, I really can't explain. I just want to sort of give a little Any shout of- out to myself uh, <laughs> since nobody else is doing it. But like straight up, I said in the previous match that Nedjip's careless positioning, like <laughs> we were lucky to that point that it had only resulted in, I think, maybe one. Or like if you were being a little more critical, two goals this season. But I said it's going to bite us, and it like really bit us. And in a terrible timing, right? Like that was it. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, but so, yeah, we lost. <laughs> uh, I will, since th- this is probably a bigger game than the last, I will at least talk about the stats for this match because you also sort of mentioned them. Bastard Josh ended this match with 63% of the ball. Uh, Wolverhampton with 37%. Besiktas had 11 shots to Wolverhampton's 8, but only one on target to their 3. So one shot on target, 11 shots in total. That's that's a terrible, as far as efficiency goes, let's just say we were inefficient. Uh, but Besiktas completed 632 passes to their 383 at an 85% accuracy rate to their 78. So Besiktas was sharp, um, you know, statistically dominant, not just, didn't just pass the eye test in that regard. Um, Wolverhampton committed 15 fouls to Besiktas's eight. So they were the ones having to disrupt the flow of the game and uh, kind of commit those little cheeky fouls that, uh, you know, to slow it down and to prevent Besiktas from from uh, putting the putting the goal away, basically, because that's how it resulted. So effective, perhaps. Uh, but so despite committing nearly twice as many fouls, Besiktas had two yellow cards to their one, somehow. Uh, three offsides to their one, so Besiktas was uh, pressing more, and six corner kicks to their three. So, you know, Besiktas definitely spent the majority of their time in Wolverhampton's half, and nothing to show for it. Yep, <laughs> literally nothing. Uh, we, uh, I mean, we didn't play great, but um, there was no reason to lose that game. No, at all. Substitutions were awful. But I mean, when you go out with a team with John Air on the left, and he ended up being one of actually probably our better attacking players somehow. You know, you're in trouble. Yeah, but like, I will to just to defend myself. I suggested Nedjip should not have been playing. Yeah, me too. Before yeah. the Trials Zone game and before the Wolves game, but you know, whatever. But uh, it was just like just a complete capitulation of actually having a good end to the half, and then somehow not taking that momentum into the second half. Yeah, it was gradually getting worse. Yeah, exactly. And then the coach making like I'm not gonna say boneheaded substitutions. Yeah, he must have been pretty Han- uninspiring in the locker room there. I mean, <laughs> I guess Ozan for Dorukan's not the worst, but. At the 84th minute when things are going bad, he subs on an extra fullback and takes out one of our only good offensive threats because Umutnayir was completely useless. Janer was and Lajic looking kind of tired. I mean, 
I, I, my ultimate just, hot take is that if they're going to literally refuse to play Diaby, I mean, if they're not going to play Diaby up yeah. front, I would almost rather play that like... Uh, well, Diaby was sick for the game. So I guess we oh, get, yeah, to true. be fair, Diaby and Okudu, we lost them. And I think if they played, maybe we win this well, game. And so, but so what I'm saying However, is generally, if, if, if he's not an option... It still could have been better. If we're picking <laughs> between Kuvan Yeltsin and Umut Nair, I would almost rather play that like... Uh, 2000 style Barcelona tiki taka where they didn't even have a striker, you know, and just play with like two attacking midfielders yeah. with Ozan and Liaj or, or something. Spain style when they won the Euros with Fabregas up top. Exactly, know? <laughs> yeah, you know, because screw it, like, why waste? You have you you have 11 guys on the pitch, you know. You don't want to just like put one in that's oh just because he can play the position. Like, it doesn't make sense, man. You got to rotate. You got you got to figure something out because that's also just it's been. A reason for our failure so many times and already like why do we have to pretend like it's gonna right it's the classic definition of insanity to do the same thing and expect a different outcome uh, to do the yeah, same thing over and over and over again and expect a, a different outcome so yeah that's where we're we're kind of in the classic definition of insanity mode right now but let's talk about our final match of this episode anyhow uh, and one that, um, well, I guess we can say was, uh, the outcome was better, uh, yeah. objectively, although I don't know if it was truly better as far as what we saw on the pitch. That's We'll talk about it. Um, yep. Besiktas would at least come back home and face Alanya Spor. And, of course, coming back home would mean a bit of trouble for uh for best judge because they've they've had terrible results. Um, their their fans are going to let them know it. You'd imagine. Now I'm going to give a special shout out here to Emre Hasturk who has provided some stadium sounds for this last match. Again, uh, thank you, Emre. And so yeah, cue the sounds. Let's talk about Alanyaspor. <laughs> So, uh, coming into this match, Besiktas would, again, of course, start Loris Karius. Uh, someone was back, though. So, Doma Gojvira started alongside Victor someone Ruiz. <laughs> Senor Ruiz was back. So, uh, Welcome back. Really, yeah. I, I don't think there was much more of... Um... I really wanted to see Nedjip again. I was disappointed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> after what we just said. Yeah, so he was finally out. Johnny Erkin was back on the left side of the defense. And Dorkan played on the right side as a right back. Uh, again, I'll just, a spoiler alert, he was very effective until something sad happened. But uh, Ozan played uh, on the back of the midfield with Atiba. Uh, so obviously Ozan in more of the central midfield role with Atiba in more of the defensive midfield role. Back to his more traditional yeah, position. The, Which I think we can note that we maybe have listed our formations as 4-2-3-1 before, but this is the first time we actually played a 4-2-3-1 this season yeah. instead of a more yeah. 4-1-4-1 or a 4-3-3-esque hybrid formation. That's it. That's a very important note. Yeah, uh, Bechtash finally played the premised tactic. Uh, and yeah, so Adem Riyad was in the number 10 role with Nkudu on the left side and Jermaine Lenz getting the start again after his nice performance against Wolverhampton. Uh, Burak Ilmaz would start up front. Uh, he was back. Back at it. King uh, is back. 
So yeah, uh, any players for Alanyaspor that you think I should mention before going into the match uh, as starting? Um, let me just peek at their lineup. Uh, they had a lot of foreigners. They sure did. Marafona, like, Wellington, Sabelas, yeah, Bayano, um, two Turks in the starting eleven. Siopis, Pacasetas, uh, Bamu, Cisse. A lot of names I don't recognize. Yeah, Papi Cisse, which is their top scorer, six six goals in the league right now. Yeah, he might be um, the next sort of Diagne. The former Newcastle. The that I will spend twenty million on. Probably the big name, but they brought in a couple Greek league players, which I noticed. Yes, Siopis. This was an interesting transfer. Siopis and Pacasetas, uh, who were having pretty good years before this. Karaja is now a national team player. Um, they, at that point, they were undefeated, and they have some talent on the bench junior fernandez the two turks in their lineup jehun gulsalam and emre karaja yeah. are uh long time super league stalwarts they've been yeah. around the block jehun with outside musa chairan on the bench who was at one point considered a pretty decent talent now it's kind of fallen off but you know overall a solid team i bet he was called like the turkish javi at some point or something stupid. <laughs> nah, nah. um maybe but yeah, so but yeah, they have Errol Bulut, who's a good coach. So yeah, so and Alanyaspor was flirting with that top spot all season coming into this match too. So they were actually yeah doing they were very in top well. spot. They yeah. were there. Were they coming into this match? Four wins, two ties. So yeah, they were four wins, two ties at that point, top of the table. Wow. So uh, so, so yeah, things should not have looked good for Besiktas against Alanyaspor. Yeah. <laughs> With that said, we watched a half of football that would echo the notion that things were not good for Besiktas. Besiktas looked pretty poor that first half. Uh, Burak Yilmaz, Jeremy Lenz, and Victor Ruiz all got yellow cards in that order. Um, and no goals were scored. Lenz was kind of weird, if I remember correctly. I don't even know if it was a foul and then he just got booked. So that was Yeah, that... Like Turkish refs hate Jeremy Lenz. It's like his face or something. He, he gets a lot of like a lot of those calls. Um, but yeah, halftime, nil, nil. Nothing happened. Do you remember anything from that first half of note? Um, I think Lajic looked pretty poor. Yeah, he really did. You would see move on. Um, it looked a little bit more cohesive in a four-two-three-one. I wouldn't say it was very cohesive. Still wasn't good. Um, Ozan was not at his, he's not playing the way we'd expect him to, even though he's in a more comfortable role with like, you know, this clearly center mid in front of El Nene hasn't been, you know, working for him. But yeah. um, I mean, it was, it wasn't awful. So I guess we can't expect, you know, vintage Ozan just to pop out, you know, 2015, yeah, 16 right. Ozan. But I mean, we hope maybe he comes you know, back. Number 15 Ozan, not number 10 Ozan. We hope but, he um, comes back. Yeah, but maybe it was the number two. Yeah. Maybe we need to give him back on 15. Yeah, maybe it was the number I actually have his shirt with 15 on it from back in. Um, it was it was okay. I mean, it's definitely it's not going to get logged into. To, you weren't losing. It's not getting logged into Joga Bonita territory, you know. But um, yeah, you know, I don't I don't know. It was. You could tell he wasn't doing well because he was trying. Yeah, no, you know, I mean generally, not just well, he's on. gracefully like you know. I mean, Benjamin play in that first half. Pitch. It was not Joga Bonita. He was working hard. 
Yeah, Ozan was working hard. Ozan, Ozan was okay. Because his on-the-ball work was not up to what, you know, we imagine he should be doing at this point. I can't even say it's expected. It's not expected. Anyway, I'll get back to it. But so yeah, going into the second half, um, I don't think Besiktas fans had a ton to be excited about. But at the same time, we were not losing. You know, we were we were in the match at nil to nil. Um, yeah, I don't know. With a half-empty stadium. Yeah. yeah, with a half-empty stadium against the team that was on top of the Turkish League. Uh, and in super good form. But okay, whatever. Uh, Adem Liyaj would be taken out of the match at the half. And Diaby, Abdoulaye Diaby, would come in. And so... Which was, yeah, the first time we would see him maybe more in a more comfortable position for him not out on the wing yeah and so i guess he, he played in a more second striker kind of yeah talishka-esque role so i not think quite a number 10 if but. adem liayic was a central attacking mid he would probably have moved slightly forward into more of a central forward position perhaps um but yeah diaby was definitely more comfortable very visibly uh and and just seven minutes into the second half bam penalty Penalty Evran, who earned um, it for us and how? Yeah, so uh, our favorite winger, uh, Unkuru, did his uh, his typical move where he cuts in and then rolls it back towards his left foot. And uses that speed which, burst that people just don't know what to yeah. do with. And then this time uh, he actually got fouled in the box. The guy just swung at him. I think it might have been Savelas. I don't remember who did it. Pretty stupid tackle. It wasn't like he was about to score. But, you know, he tripped him. We got the penalty. Let's go. You know, kind of thing. Like, you know, it, sometimes you need a gift. Kind of like what happened against Bushak's here where Burak wasn't going to score, but the guy fouled him anyway. I mean, maybe Onkudu would have scored, but there was a lot of work to do. So, you know, we got that penalty. And uh, Mr. Burak would take it again. Oh, my God. 
yeah. Uh, and, and a nifty little penalty from Barack. Nothing special, but kind of uh, the classic Barack penalty, kind of you know, in the right place. Would have been savable, uh, but somehow it's just on the opposite side. He kind of uh, played the keeper well. Uh, 53rd minute, Alanya Sport, just a minute after. Or maybe was this, did he get a yellow card for the tackle? He could have, because it was a pretty nasty, nasty tackle on, on Nkudu. Um, but anyway, in the 50s... No, that, yeah, that was after the, uh... The penalty? The penalty. was it? Yeah, I don't know yeah. if it was... I think it was, I think it was also on Onkudu, but it wasn't, um... Wasn't the penalty. Call. Yeah, he must be very frustrating to defend. He's so fast. Uh, but yeah, 57th minute, Junior Fernandez came in for Bamu. Bamu? Bamu? I don't know, whatever. Uh, 65th minute, Jehu and Gulsalam would get himself a yellow card. 65th minute, Cisse would also get himself a yellow card. Um, must have been a bunch of arguing with the ref or something. I don't recall, honestly. Um, yeah, I think Cissé was dissent and then Gusalam was a foul. Yeah, probably. Um, the way that the ordering was, I would assume that. Uh, but anyway, Gusalam would come out of the match for Jalma. So now there's even one less Turk out there. Yeah. They're down to one, and so there is one. Uh, but yeah, in the 69th minute, and if I was a bit more juvenile... Uh, I would make a big stink about the, the, the minute there. But yeah, 69th minute, Diaby <laughs> scores. A uh, nice little assist from Burak Yilmaz. Nice little Nice tap goal in, in general. Uh, just yeah. a nicely created goal, I think you could say. I remember uh, it was four like four passes back and forth between Burak and Diaby. They played a one-two. Diaby played Burak in down like in, not in on goal but into space on the side like outside the box down the wing, um, and then Burak just cut it across goal for Diaby who had the simple tap. And so it was you know a nice little sharp passing move between the two. Um, look like they've been playing together for years, you know. Yeah, not right. Well, Jank Tosun and Burak esque little combination, but uh, yeah, and, and they would both go on to create a goal for the national team, like the ugliest goal <laughs> in, in like footballing yeah. history, but uh, which Jank would put away for the national side uh, later this week, later this the, after this match. But yeah, that that would be it for the goal. Tashatash at that point in the 69th minute is up two 0 uh, Douglas would come into the match for Dorukan. Uh, in the 73rd minute, and that's where we have some bad news. Uh, Dorokan would be clearly severely injured in this in this process uh, before the sub. 
Uh, do you want to talk about that a little bit, Evron? Your injuries touch close to home for you, maybe. So you could... Maybe. Um, yeah, so Dorukan, unfortunately, um, hurt his knee. It wasn't as bad as we expected. Like, it could have been. It was, he did not tear any ligaments, but he's still going to be out for about six months, probably. I think it was he did damage to his patellar tendon. Yeah, they say five to six. Think, um... Yeah, and I think it was... Um, the, the cartilage I think they mentioned also I don't remember the what the Turkish report says too well but um it's um yeah it's not good but uh he sh- could be back at the very end of the season and should be back for the Euros that's true yeah if, that's you know, true if you're, su- if you're supporting Turkey you should be back for that but um if you're not supporting Turkey it's good he goes back for that but it's you know free tryout for transfer fees so if we do sell him you know we'd, we'd want him to do well there but basically um Dorukan's not in the plans for the rest of the season. The vast majority yeah. of the season, maybe April. And he's, you know, maybe like his April. form was picking up. Yeah, that's that's his the worst news up. regarding. Yeah, his injury is that he was just finding his form, just kind of. And we don't really have himself. an energetic midfielder like him. I mean, El Neni's not like that. Olsen's not like that. Atiba can be sort of like that, but he's like thirty-six. Could be Muhayer so. time. Uh, yeah, Muhayar is not really like that either. He's more yeah, of a, no, he's more technically gifted. Probably but, more know, of a ten than a. It's person. one less person that is in a midfield spot, I guess. So. The the Maybe the Muhayir good time. news is we have El Neni coming back, and he um no suspense. Yeah. He was probably our best player against Wolverhampton. In fact, he was. I mean, solid. Uh, I don't agree with that, but I know everyone else liked him, so. I'll let that <laughs> yeah, I remember you. You you were the one. Wasn't fond of that. I mean, the one thing I'll say is I sure hope that doesn't make me see more Nedjip uh, out there. And that's like the logical thing. That probably yeah, will. no. Elneny's definitely better than Nedjip. For me, Elneny is good, but I don't think he creates enough. Like, against Wolves, if you look, he had 90 passes completed. And zero of those were key passes. He had zero chances yeah, created. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I feel like we're having a general He had problem. 92% pass completion, but I just think... When we're having an issue building up play, f- transitioning from defense to midfield, the player that gets the ball the most should be helping. Should probably doing more, you know. Yeah, logically. It's if I got, I mean, he got the ball over a hundred times and didn't didn't I can't assist any goals. Single time. Uh, no, you're right. I mean, I think he has assisted goal, but you know, have like a a masterclass pass. Can you imagine you give Pirlo the ball a hundred times? Yeah, no, for sure. You know, at least once or twice. He's gonna make that, you know, that breaking pass, that moment of brilliance, even if he's on his own box. You I'll know. defend him in one just, way, though, insofar as he's doing his job and nothing but more. But also, That's bear in mind, this like is literally his big. second appearance for Besiktas, third. Yeah, but he's not a child, you know. He he has a he he, he came in with a pedigree and a huge bio clause. Yeah, yeah. Like, I just mean I think, especially regarding making so. cutting passes. You have to be somewhat familiar with your players, where they're running to on the pitch, what kind of spaces you know that they're looking for passes to come into and stuff. Like I think it stands the reason that you know it takes a little time to develop that rapport on the pitch. Um, it doesn't help, obviously, that like he had a, a good game and then got like red carded at the end, and we haven't. He's been out for. Is he back in this up in this next match now? Yeah, he's back for the, the Super League. So, I mean, I think once he starts to get some sort of consistent playing time, we'll see. I think we can judge that better. Hopefully, he starts to do that. 
even if not though i think like he at least represents a kind of like that's that was atiba right atiba had a tendency to play sideways couldn't really go forward very very effectively i think atiba got criticized for that but i would say prime atiba would offer a little more going forward but we also had i guess prime Osan back there exactly yeah with all the heavy creative lifts. but since we're not we're playing more of that you know and i think generally like <laughs> it's, it's it feels <laughs> like we're it didn't seem like we had to we were making that many moves but at the same time like god we really do need to establish so many new faces right like on the wings every option is a new guy right so yeah, um, in this like Alneni in the center of the midfield, you'd hope for Liayic, for example, as one of the the ret returnees, to be a stable yeah, presence. He and really, he's been one of our worst players, honestly. He's gotten worse as the season's gone on. I mean, he got subbed out at halftime, and he wasn't. Yeah, hurt. and so I honestly, I think you can put we, a lot of it. And Diaby was honestly indisputably better he was sharper right like the lack of fluency in our midfield okay. i think you can kind of put it on some of these guys who have been around the block who should be able to kind of facilitate better communication kind of jumpstart that better rapport or whatever it might be and they're not playing well so i mean, hopefully these things will start to click into place and we'll get a better we'll have a better means of judging some of these new faces um i like similarly i think tyler boyd Clearly, we can't really defend his performances, but we can say that he has. I, I have not given up on him yet because I, I know he has the ability, and right now I can tell he's playing like his worst self. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's not like he's playing good; he's just not good enough. It's he's playing bad, and it's not good enough. So, exactly. Hopefully, as the team turns around, you know, maybe he actually gets the ball in good positions. Gains a little bit of confidence, but clearly he has no confidence right now. I think, yeah. To be honest, I don't think Barzma leaving helped him. No, that was his like sort of hero. Yeah, in this. His, his boy. And then they both played together, and in preseason when that happened, he was looking, you know, not like a superstar, but you know. I mean, hey, he we looked like Tyler Boyd. So I think the the, the podcast yeah. voted at him as the best performer in the preseason alongside Muhayer. So. Not that preseason was any good, though. So no, it was, <laughs> it was a terrible preseason, for sure, yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, none nonetheless, it says something that he was our best performer then, and now he's, like, one of our worst. So, at least it would signal that there's theoretically uh, brighter skies ahead or what have you. Um, but so, yeah, like, in that regard, the good news here is certainly that Besiktas got a victory. Three points against Elania Spor. Let's talk about the stats a little bit here. Uh, that's a good segue, then we'll do a little analysis. Uh, this episode shouldn't drag on too much longer. There's not a lot more, lot, there's not much more to talk about. Um, but let's go into this. So this match statistically wasn't so pretty. Beshtash had 51% of possession. So, you know, they had 49, if your math really sucks. Uh, only 423 completed passes to the 398 at a 75% rate of efficiency to their 72. Um, score had 14 shots to our seven, uh, but we had four on target to their three. So they were the really inefficient 
attackers. Yeah, six of the 14 shots were blocked. So and only one of our seven shots were blocked. So okay. Good job, defense. I think Karius played fairly well. Um, he, you know, he's low-key, like, for for the blunders he's had and for all the criticism he's gotten, he's low-key been pretty solid back there, if we're going to be honest. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, 11 fouls apiece, right? Both sides committed 11 fouls. Alani got four yellow cards to our three. Best touch was offside five times. Uh, Alani only once. So that's good news. That suggests Best touch being kind of aggressive and attacking a little bit more, uh, you know, maybe not very well disciplined, but at least going for it. Um, but Alanya led with eight corners to Peshtash's four. So the stats are all over the place. Uh, it doesn't suggest Peshtash played yeah. his style of um, possession-heavy football. I wouldn't say Peshtash was probably, based on the stats, it looks like they were a little worse in the Wolves game. Yeah. If you look like possessions close, Alanya actually completed a lot more passes in our half. We completed most of our passes in our own half. The duels, one loss, like basically the same. All that stuff is very similar. But I think Bishops was just far more efficient in the second half after the Burak goal. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't amazing, but we actually created just yeah, seeing the goal hit the back of the net is gonna yeah. kind of like wake <laughs> yeah, you up really a little. Nice. Um, and so yeah, then to see it again, you know, that's nice, even nicer. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I think it's weird. Last year under Shanol Ganesh, the team tended to be better when they had less of the ball, which suggested they were more of a counter-attacking unit. Uh, and so again, this time... Yeah, this was more of a Shanol Ganesh last season as game. Maybe so. Where, or two... Four, like two, second three, half one. of the season where we kind of kind of lucked basic. out with our goals yeah. you know, with penalty anyway and, uh, and then built a little sort of maybe unwarranted momentum from that but, uh, but anyway so that brings us to a, a, a fun part of this episode where we get to talk about the standings um, we still have a little time before our next match because of the international break but so going into that Alanya Sport is still in first place. So I was like, oh, were they in first place when we played? Obviously, because they're still in first place now, even despite that loss. Uh, they have 14 points, uh, now only one loss this season, which we gave them. We can say we beat the contenders. Siva uh, Sport is in second place, uh, tied with Trabzon and Konya on 12 points. Um, Alanya Sport, Sivas, Trabzon, Konya. Those are the top four. Yeah. Uh, Fener is in fifth place. Yeah. Uh, with il- Tied with yeah, three other teams. Uh, with Basakshi, yeah. Antalya, and Gazi Shehe, uh, Which might be called Gaziantep now. I think they may have whatever. Rebranded. Yeah, I think they Gaziantep. Uh, uh, and then you've got yeah. Yanni Malatya and Galatasaray uh, tied in sort of ninth slash tenth there. Uh, and then Gozdepe at nine and Besiktas in twelfth place with eight points. Tied with three other teams, which puts us uh, one point above the yeah, relegation. Yeah, but also zone. only three points out of fifth place, uh, Fenair. True. Yeah, it's very tight top to bottom. It looks like we have a bottom two, Geshler, Bleak, Kaiser, three yeah. points. Yeah. Then. It's like a top 16. Like, Kaiser and Genschler are... I, I'll pull out beefs on myself here, but should <laughs> in the bed. But aside from that... Everyone's like, <laughs> parody is the name of the game for, for, for Turkey this year. So far. Um, I mean, 
four unglued teams in the top four. Yeah, that's wild. Doesn't happen every day. I don't think it's ever happened. But I mean, I don't know. Maybe this early in the season, but. But so anyway, what it means, what that, what it all amounts to, is that there's still plenty to play for, despite the horrid look of this season so far for Besiktas. Uh, they're still kind of in it, honestly. Uh, only six yeah, points our out of three. Competitors are also struggling. Yeah, so. luckily. Or the perceived competitors. Gala's only two points ahead yeah, of us. Uh, only six points and out of only first three points place. Ahead of us, so. Only three points behind Galatas. No, two, two points behind Galatas today. Uh, only three points back yeah. in air. Like, yeah, that's it's hard to believe so, that we're yeah, the season's it. not done yet, but uh yeah, so we'll see how next game goes. We play um Ankara Guju, who's also on eight points. So Yeah, let's that's talk about that. A very big game at this point, because I think we kinda used up most of our points. Yeah, we we can't really <laughs> to give away, away. We, we can't forfeit points against these teams that we need to be getting full three points. We already gave away eleven points yeah. to start so that's that's probably like like more than half of what we should be giving away. Yeah, um, but so stay tuned for that. Uh, Ankara Guju will be hosting us in Ankara. Uh, that will be on Saturday, October nineteenth, one p.m. here in New York. Uh, for uh, those of us on the eastern seaboard of the United States of America, for those of you in Turkey, it's like uh, like seven p.m. I think uh, for Khan Central Europe, six or five p.m. So. Uh, it's pretty good for everyone. We get to have our lunch, watch it with lunch on Saturday. Um, and we have a lot of big games in the next week, too. Midweek, we play Braga right. at home, so which is the Europa League basically tilt. If we lose that game, we're, we're basically done. out. Yeah, and we have the back-to-back -back Braga matches now, I suppose, right? Yeah, we host Braga also. So we're there's two teams on four points, team on three points, and then we're on zero. So Braga and Bratislava at four. So if we beat Braga, we're you know we're back. Yeah, but in after it. Braga, we're we playing to today. We host it, so this is the the yeah. derby. But uh, yikes! A lot of yeah. October is going to be a crunch month. Uh, I think this will define the season. If we rebound or if it goes off the rails, we go back to disaster mode. Is we could easily pick up a couple, especially if we lose to Ankara, get knocked out of the Europa League, lose the derby. Yeah, it's it's a shame. I think for Abdullah Avci, his <laughs> fortunes rested on kind of coming out. Like he had a sort of soft early schedule, which he should have been able to take advantage of. But because he didn't, now his sort of future relies. <laughs> we, lost it. we lost the guys this year. Yeah, and lost the so He gave away his credit there, and so now his kind of it's all now coming down to really his ability are. to play against Galatasaray, Braga. You know. Lost to Slovan Bratislava, lost the home European game. You know, those are the all the games that you'd expect us to pick up. We we dropped. Uh, I hate to say so it. Now the games that of Ertuğrul Salam. I don't know if you remember. That might have been before your time. So that's that's early for me. I was like when I first started. But he also, I mean, actually, <laughs> the irony is he actually Bezos played pretty well in the league in his stead. But he we got kicked out of Europe early, and that was how his doom was sealed early. Um, so. I don't know. It'll be a, it'll be a referendum on Turkish patience. Have we become a more patient people or not? I don't see how Abdu can stay no, I, it's not in charge good. if this next month goes no. bad. But I think if it goes good, obviously, then everyone's going to be like, yeah, you know. So. No, and I don't know if he necessarily but, merits that patience, honestly. Um, yeah. 
that's a whole nother discussion. I'd definitely give them to the end of the month for me before I make my decisions. If we get three losses, then I, I give up. Yeah, fair enough. I got to be. Fair enough. I mean, maybe the league, we can still come back, but this is just like, I'm not sure if. Yeah, I don't. He hasn't I mean, merited that especially much. Especially if we play bad and lose three games. Yeah. So, I mean, it'd be a little bit impatient, but at the same time, I'm not the biggest object guy in the first place. So. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what kind of a guy I am anymore. I don't know who I want. Everything's so dark. Um, Talking about firing or hiring or whatever. Yeah. So this is the last talking point. I think we should very briefly mention the election for the next team president. As you may recall, Figret Orman announced that he was stepping down uh, just when things really went bad uh, post Bashakshi here um, but so we've kind of been awaiting news on who would be running for the, the post in this next cycle and so everyone I'm going to hand it over to you tell us we have four candidates who are announced who are they yeah so on October 20th the, uh, the four candidates that will be up is uh, two names I think most people that are familiar will know and then two names at least I don't know maybe you guys are more in tune than I am but uh, so two I know are Amit Nurjib Chibi and uh, Sardar Adalu who have been involved under the yeah for a while and then the other two I don't know is um, Hurser Tekinoktai and Ismail Yunal Tekinoktai, I think, is the guy who promised us Gareth Bale last summer (laughs) if he was named president. Oh, Tekinoktai? Yeah, whatever. Um, Whatever. I don't, honestly, I don't remember. I might be wrong. I don't want to speculate. This is my (laughs) department. Uh, Hopefully, we'll get Khan back one of these days and he can, uh, he's generally the one who's more informed in this regard. Me not speaking Turkish does not help as far as getting information about who these, like, back end guys are. Anyway. Be back, folks, because we will be back. Uh, of course, for the post, Ankara Guju will we'll have something to say, hopefully. Uh, and of course, Braga, Galatasaray, everything. Um, again. Also, the one other news piece we missed is uh, Aydin Hazic tor- turn is 18. It, has he been signed? Is that so? Uh, is there news? I'm not sure if the official confirmation happened, but now we are legally allowed yeah. to sign him because he's not a minor you anymore. You assume it would happen. I'm I mean, different the dude country. was like training with the team yeah. all, all fall, so summer. Under so the, hopefully, uh, the yeah. Like the kid- we don't want to end up like Barcelona with a transfer ban, so we're waiting until he turns 18. So presumably in January, whenever we're allowed to register players, he should be um, with the team. Um, fully the kid definitely eligible to play games. Us kid trained with us all summer and fall so you would imagine this would be done hopefully he didn't change his mind um but yeah that could be exciting supposedly very promising young i've uh, seen some clips player. he looks good i mean they're youth national team highlights for bosnia so like you know i can't i'm not gonna put my 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 kitchen or whatever not in my kitchen my mortgage on a, a future mortgage on him being a good player but um i think there's definitely reason to be cautiously excited and, well, uh, knock on also, wood, you know, folks. <laughs> you know, we don't like playing young players, so another reason to be cautiously excited. Like you might not see, even see. You know, play, I but... had I had hope for Abdul Avci because of the preseason, and you know, we kept seeing all these guys. But uh, yeah, that has been slightly dashed thus far. Um, we have not seen them come in since. Even when I thought, like, I wanted to see Erdogan Kaya instead of Nedjip as a 
defensive uh, player. At least, maybe not against Wolverhampton, but maybe uh, against you know someone else. But whatever. Um, yeah, let's take this one out. I feel like this episode yeah. has captured enough uh, of our immaculate perception of this of Besiktas football in general. Anyway, um, yeah, man. As always, stay tuned. Ankuraguju, uh, etc. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Eagles underscore podcast. Really easy stuff there. Follow the mothership, the the, the news source for all things Besiktas at Besiktas underscore int. I don't even know who's running that account these days. Uh, but good luck to whoever you are. Are you still doing that, everyone? Um, um, yeah, I still do like the games, the the match report, the live, yeah, the live commentary. Well, but there's man. not. Even, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who's on news these days. Uh, but yeah, hopefully they're they're capturing all the stuff that needs to be captured. Uh, follow the man, the MIA, Mister Khan, at Rosarian at R A Z Z R I. R-I-A-N R-A-Z-Z-E-R-I-A-N Sorry uh, Follow this gentleman over here Evron at fan of BJK uh, We're still lobbying for him to change that Follow myself at sir underscore rights underscore a lot uh, Evron Say something to the masses before we depart Um, Hopefully Turkey beats France yeah, comes, that will be maybe after around the time that game happens. So oh, yeah. it'd be nice, I mean, I, I it'd be nice that... to watch Turkey not blow qualifying and actually yeah. not disappoint us like they always do. Drink on, on the edge of disappointment in the past couple games. So. They they almost blew it against Albania too, man. They really and, like lucked at, out. Andorra also. So yeah, know, man. Not not a lot of best players right now because they all managed to be out of form and injured, but you know. Our main man, Burak, will probably be up there. Yeah, good luck to him. Uh, probably our former player, Jenk Tilson, will play. Yeah, yeah. Might just about Dokan's be, obviously yeah. injured. Gukhan's injured. Ozan is injured slash awful out of form, you know. Yeah, John Air. Eh. John Air never gets called up anymore. And then um, Guven went back down to the U, the, the Umitmili Tukum, which is like the U21 team. So, so uh, yeah, man. Not a lot of best Just Burak, yeah. yeah. Just Burak. <laughs> Hopefully he's it would be the nice one. to see Burak, uh, you know, score an angle against France. I wouldn't be mad. So. Yeah, I mean, he could use the bump in in uh, his morale. I think you know, seeing the penalty be... goal was nice, but I think he could really benefit from seeing a couple go in. Thirty yard banger, you know. <laughs> I mean, maybe Adem Lejajic most of all, but again, we, yeah, we don't Lijic need to rehash. Also international duty. Yeah. So hopefully he doesn't suck. Yeah, maybe he can bump his confidence up with a good performance too. But so, like, the final thing, of course, that I have to say, and it's very important. Go Besiktas! Gotcha. I can't see my picture. Um, yeah. Be well, folks. Um, yeah, man. I suppose that's all we got to say.
Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.